From the Seeds Global Innovation Lab, I'm Jacob Hancock, and welcome to Seed to Sequoia. Seed to Sequoia is sponsored by the Seeds Global Innovation Lab. The Seeds Global Innovation Lab exists to equip the global faith-based community for the emerging world. They believe that every nonprofit has both the people and the resources to generate and execute new ideas that create value. By proactively learning from those whom you serve, you'll be able to see what's coming your way, shift your focus, and deliver great products, processes, or systems to serve them even better. Follow us at Seeds Innovation to learn more. Hey everyone, and welcome back to Seed to Sequoia. This week we're finishing up last week's topic, which is taboo terms in religious nonprofits. So last week uh, we looked at a couple of different terms, just three of them. If you want to listen to those, go back. I encourage you to do that. Those first three were generate revenue, competitors, and niche market. Um, and I elaborated a little bit on why I think that those have been some challenging points. But this week, we're, we're taking a few of those. These are maybe focused a little more on the business side of things. Um, but still, nevertheless, some, some words that I have found tend to ruffle feathers or, or you know, get some emotions going when they hear them. I think for a lot of reasons, uh, people find it difficult to give credit to themselves um, when we work in a space where we do everything with the intent to honor God. Uh, and so to take any credit for it in some way takes away from what God is doing, which naturally we're never going to want that. Of course, we want to make sure that we are doing everything with the intent of bringing glory to God. Even still, and along with that, there is a time and a place for us to put on the intellect and the mind that God has given us in order for us to be more successful in the ministries that we are in. I think everyone would largely agree with me on that. So that's where these the, the, the terms that we're going to look at today kind of come from. That's where they stem from today. Um, is specifically in the sector of religious nonprofits. Um, this, these, these four terms have been somewhat challenging. The first is competitive advantage. Uh, and this ties in last week, I talked about competitors. In order to have a competitive advantage, you have to acknowledge that you have competitors. And that's a stumbling block for many people just to, just to get started. Um, we do have competitors, not in the traditional sense, but people who do the same things that we do and, you know, are attempting to, to you know, recruit people or go after money for foundations or whatever it is, we are more or less in competition with them. So when we say competitive advantage for a religious nonprofit, that in some way implies that we have to be doing something different than our competitors. Um, I think that's a great thing. I think all of us can have a competitive advantage. Um, when we look around at different uh, for-profit companies around the globe, there's always that unique little niche that they have 
that has caused them to be successful in their space. And I think each one of us in religious nonprofits can have that. I think there can be something unique about who we are and what we do um, that enables us to be more competitive in the market, something that's really compelling to the people that we're trying to recruit, something that's really uh, hitting at the heart of a foundation and why they exist. Um, and I, I think it would be wise for organizational leaders to take some time and truly identify what their competitive advantage is so that they can better communicate to those that they're trying to recruit, those that they're raising money from, whatever it is, they, they have that go-to thing that makes them different. The next term is leverage. And this one's kind of hard um, just because it deals more with change. Um, whenever we're innovating, whatever comes out at the end of this will almost inevitably create change within your organization. Now, we're hoping, of course, for it to be good change, productive change, something that will move us in the right direction. Nevertheless, you will always encounter people who drag their feet, um, some naysayers of the particular innovation that has come up. And with that comes leverage for leaders. And it's, it's hard. Uh, it's not something that we, that we want to have ready to go. It's not, it's not something that we want to pull out of our pocket all the time. That's not at all uh, what we would hope for with leverage. But I think when people hear leverage, that implies that you're going to force me to do whatever it is that you want me to do. And that's not entirely the goal here. The goal is that we have an innovation that we believe because we've rooted it in empathy of our end users, we are confident that this particular innovation is going to be successful. And so if you're dragging your feet and you're causing the organization to not be able to move in the right direction, there has to be some way for me to help you arrive at that. And that's a positive leverage. We need to help you to be able to understand it. But if we avoid the word leverage altogether, then I think it it puts us in a weird situation. Um, people uh, people change for, for one of three reasons. Pain, um, the pain that they're feeling in their current methodology. Pleasure or the hope of pleasure or leverage. Um, and I, I think we can experience all three of those in the space of innovation. And it's really wise for us to remember that that is the case and to help people through the journey of being able to change. The third uh, is, is kind of two. It's business and industry. We don't love those words uh, in religious nonprofits, primarily because, again, it ignores the fact that we are ministries. And a lot of people tend to struggle with that. Um, we are a business. It is a not-for-profit business. There's no way around that. Um, and we are in an industry. We are in a religious nonprofit industry. There's just simply no way around that. Uh, but I think we prefer the term ministry, that we are in ministry. And while I don't disagree with that, I think it's perfectly fine to use ministry. I do think it is also wise on occasion, specifically when you're sitting around a boardroom or something of the sort to maybe step away from the idea of ministry ministry into, okay, how do we keep the business side of what we do healthy? 
because it's only when we acknowledge the business side and keep it healthy that it enables us to be able to be more um, impactful in our ministry. So I, I think that it's wise for us to use those words on occasion to, to provide some comfort um, in that space, specifically for leaders. But I think frontline workers, it's also really important as well for them to be able to hear those words on a regular basis, just to acknowledge that we are a business, even just for a moment. And the last one is, is one of the most contentious that I hear, undoubtedly, um, in religious nonprofits, and that's return on investment. But again, if we are looking at what we do on occasion as a business, one of the most significant factors in business is your return on investment. If you are poor, that you need, you've got to back off. You've got to move away from that. There has to be a better way. And that's what innovation is all about. It's helping us to find that next great thing, that next best way of doing things. It's not about just eliminating things or changing things for the sake of change. It's about looking at your return on investment and trying to prioritize to the very best of our ability. But if we don't ever gauge it, if we don't ever try our very best to look at what our return is, it's next to impossible to determine if we are hitting our goals, if we are aiming in the right direction, and if our new innovation is going to be worth the change. So I think it's really smart of us for just on, on occasion to pause and think of that term return on investment and, and process through what it could do for us. And so with that, of course, I want to hear your thoughts. I've given two weeks of just my thoughts about these terms. Um, I would love to hear what you're thinking. So here's my parting question. What are the repercussions of using these terms in, religious, in the religious nonprofit sector? I'd love to hear your thoughts. Please let me know via email or on any of our social media platforms. Thanks so much for joining me this week. If you enjoyed the show, please give us a five-star review wherever you found us and follow us at Seeds Innovation or check out seedsinnovation.com. If you have questions, comments, whatever, write me at jacob at seedsinnovation.com. Thanks, everyone. Bye for now.